Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. You are here on the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And we are your one-stop spot for all things horror. Uh, how's it going, Taylor? It is going fantastic. Bitchin'. Uh, so you might notice we sound maybe a little different. We're, we finally upgraded to a solid sound system. <laughs> yeah, we got cables everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we got to really kind of figure out how we're going to negotiate all this down, because this isn't going to work long term. <laughs> yeah. Um, just adapters and shit everywhere. Hey, but it's working now, so. Yeah, after a little trial, trial and error, it finally worked. Um, so what's new? Uh, not a lot. Um, as you know, we, we got a dog. I did know, yeah. So we took her to the vet this morning. She's she's all good. Cool, cool. Yeah. I heard uh, heard your girlfriend saying that she's like almost overweight or something. Yeah, they said uh, she's 60, 61 pounds, and they said 65 is about the high end of where she should be. 55 mm. would be better, so. You should just starve her for a few days. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so, uh... There were some talking points that I wanted to mention, but now I'm spacing on what they were. Oh, good. That's uh, not that important, then. Oh, we went to Emerald City Comic Con. That's true, we did. On uh, the, the Sunday day. I forget what, which day that was. The third? Mm, Let's I see. Know. I guess I can check. It was the day after we recorded last episode, so the 24th. 23rd. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, uh, that was some fun. Yeah, unfortunately we didn't get to see any celebrities because we weren't going to pay to get autographs or anything. But Right. Um, we did get to like go to the Nerdist panel and uh, get to talk to the guys from Nerdist. Uh, went, and, went and saw Karen Gillan. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I mean, as, as I've mentioned before, I'm a pretty big Doctor Who fan. So, uh, and then also she's, in Oculus, which just came out. Yeah. And we were actually going to review it on this episode, but like you said, it just came out. So right yesterday. Yeah. So we just didn't have time because we have other things to do. We have lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, What else? We we saw, we saw, did you mention welcome to night Vale? Oh no, I hadn't yet. Yeah. We went and set in on the welcome to night Vale panel. I mean, they didn't do like a live show, which is, kind of what they've been doing as far as like a tour but this was just a, a panel that had um oh geez cecil um cecil baldwin the the, the host mm-hmm. and then joe F- frank frank that's if we're both thinking frank it must be frank frank <laughs> unless we're just thinking of the, uh, the doctor from well, the simpsons <laughs> um and then the the other Writer and creator. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Totally spacing. I feel like a dick. Anyway, that was fun. Yeah. All um, in all, was, for those of you who don't know, Welcome to Night Vale is a, is a podcast that's kind of, it's almost like Adam's Family-esque, and it's it's kind of like a, it's done as a uh, neighborhood announcement. It's and, community radio. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's this community where weird things happen. There's like, you know, a glowing cloud that flies overhead, and... Just all kinds of weird, creepy stuff, but it's it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's 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 funny because the the way they talk about 
the, the goings on in the town, like they just act like it's commonplace. Right. <laughs> so it's just, it's funny to hear them be so casual about it. Um, you know, I'm going to get up for a sec. Tony had to grab his beverage. I had to get something to slurp on. That's what she said. <laughs> Too easy. Anyway, um, I think that's it for uh, us. Then today we just got uh, notice that we have been officially approved for press passes for Crypticon. Yeah. Which we're very excited about. That's that's awesome. Um, and we will make sure to get some footage for all of you listeners. Yeah, I mean, we've already kind of made uh, um, Twitter buddies with uh, Jessica Cameron, who's going to be there mm-hmm. doing her movie, or showing her movie, Truth or Dare. Uh, Tristan Risk has... She's like she follows us and she's favorited a couple of our tweets, so right. she knows of our existence. Yeah. So yeah, we're definitely gonna try and get in and talk to some people and um but yeah, other than that, I'm in I'm on my third week now of unemployment, so Yeesh. that's going going nice. <laughs> um but I'm working at it. That's good. Yeah. Uh I think that's it. Uh, to the horror I, business <laughs> good night everyone <laughs> uh, yeah horror business alright Taylor why don't you go ahead and lead us in what's our first story well our first story is about a brand new show being greenlit by NBC that is about Charles Manson this is the dawning of You may remember a couple episodes ago we talked about a Charles Manson show being adapted for Fox that was going to feature uh, Rob Zombie directing and Brett Easton Ellis writing. And now NBC is apparently trying to jump the gun on Fox. Um, they have Greenland a show called Aquarius. It's going to have a 13-episode first season, and it's going to have David Duchovny, uh, who you probably know from The X-Files. Or Californication. Sure, or Red Shoe Diaries. Sure, or Keeping with the Joneses. That, that's that's enough. <laughs> Is it? Uh, he's going to play a Los Angeles police sergeant with a complicated personal life who starts tracking a small-time criminal and budding cult leader seeking out vulnerable women to join his cause. I'm sure you have figured out by now that man is Charles Manson. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that does make sense. Yeah. Um, the twists and turns of a complicated undercover operation will lead to Coveney's character and his young partner to the brink of Manson's crimes that will eventually lead to the Tate-LaBianca murders in subsequent seasons. So I'm not sure how much Charles Manson is actually going to be in this series, because it sounds like it's mostly about the pursuit of him from the perspective of the police. Yeah. Uh, you mean, you think of things like, uh, like Helter Skelter that's mm-hmm. told almost entirely from the point of view of the Manson family. Right. So this sounds like it's, I mean, obviously the same story, but told from the authority side. It kind of reminds me of the movie Black Dahlia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It was it was kind of a crime procedural that was about the Black Dolly murder. Right. Um, what's I don't. This might just be ignorant speaking, but what's what's the relevance of Aquarius? Do you know? I don't know. Hmm. I yeah okay well, I imagine a little bit of research probably could could have answered that question for me, but possibly. Um. Um. It's it's going to be interesting seeing David Duchovny come back to a role that's law enforcement. After I mean, did did you watch Californication at all? Have, have you ever? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, he plays just this piece of shit um, drug or not drug addict, but um, like drunk writer oh. who just fucks everything in sight. Um. So, I mean. Saw him play Fox Mulder, obviously, but mm-hmm. to see him go back to playing a cop, that might be a little weird after seeing him in California, Californication. Yeah. So I'm wondering what what effect this is going to have on the, the zombie Ellis show for Fox, if they're going to wind up going head-to-head or if... Because, I mean, that one, that's that's got some star power behind it. I mean, obviously this one does too with Duchovny, but this one is, has the star power behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean... It, the smart money would be, I would think, to be uh, that they would, yeah, try to release it at least close to each other. Because, I mean, you think of things like um, like computers and cell phones and uh, ma- mainly like technology and stuff like that. They always try to release similar things at the same time. Or like uh, like the Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. Thing, things like that. Um, it seems like they always try to release those simultaneously. So they can compete with each other, but I don't know. It might be different on TV. Uh, well, the fact that NBC just greenlit this for 13 episodes, like with no pilot or anything, makes me think that they're just they're trying to jump out ahead. Oh yeah, I mean they're owned by Comcast, and you you know what kind of business they run. Yeah, true. Um, so that still strikes me as weird that NBC is. NBC was owned by Universal. Universal was owned by GE. And GE, General Electric, the company that's been around since like the late 1800s, is owned by Comcast. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Anyway. um, Yeah, I mean, there's not... I mean, this is kind of all the news we have about this so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, they'll, they'll release more information as it gets closer um i mean obviously it's just been greenlit so it's not actually filming or anything yet i, I wouldn't think not that I, yeah i don't think so um so we'll see how it progresses i mean see if like you said the the, the fox um fox show gets released around the same time or or whatever yep and as we hear more we will Pass it on to you. It was a zombie jamboree Took place in a New York cemetery It was a zombie jamboree Took place in a New York cemetery Zombies from all parts of the island Some of them was a great Calypsonians So those those of you that are big zombie fans uh, Might have known of, I don't know Might call it a smaller film, I guess yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't have, like, a big theatrical release. Yeah, uh, but the movie The Dead, um, 
which I only saw bits and pieces of it, like clips that I found online. I, never I have seen, yet to see it. Yeah. Um, but from what I did see, it looked very well done for being a low-budget movie. I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, I can know. I, I know that um, uh, Corey on, I think it was actually the Electric Chair show, uh, that he reviewed it and gave it high, pretty high praises. And seems like most of the time I kind of take his word. He's usually pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Anchor Bay has picked up the rights to The Dead 2, India. Um, so this is going to actually have a theatrical, um, like DVD, uh, Blu-ray, um, and then like digital like VOD rights for the US and Canada. Um it's going to star Joseph Milson. Do you know him from anything else? I believe he was in the first one. Was he? Okay. Um and it's like the 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 short synopsis of it is the ship from Somalia docks in India and an infected worker enters the overpopulated country. An American engineer who is Milson has traveled 300 miles across Rajasthan, known as the Land of Kings, to save his love, who is, a, who is pregnant and afraid as Mumbai descends into chaos. And the fact that the ship is from Somalia is relevant because the first one was set entirely in Africa. Yeah. So you have to assume that it's a direct continuation right. of the first one. Um, so might be a little bit of a spoiler for the first one <laughs> yeah i'm gonna assume that they go on some kind of ship at the end yeah ends up down at the docks or something some, somewhere in india probably yeah if i had to guess um yeah I, I, I wish we had more to talk about on this i mean i wish either one of us had, had seen the full movie uh so we had more to discuss but i saw it at uh, Target the other day, it, w- it was like five dollars for the Blu-ray. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't have a Blu-ray player, so otherwise I probably would have bought it and I would would have been able to talk about it. Yep. yep, could have brought it to my place. I could have, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. So this is supposed to come out this fall. Yeah, that's as specific as we've got so far. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll, we'll have to check out the first one so that we can. Check out this one. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, do a review on it. That'd be good. I mean, I know, I know we've got some space to fill in our calendar, so <laughs> might yeah. as well. Sure, why not? So. Uh, fans of the Pumpkinhead series are going to love to hear this next part. Are they? They might. <laughs> uh, the producer of Pumpkinhead is looking to reboot the series. Uh, Brad Crevoy? Crevoy? Sure. Uh, who is the producer of the sequels, a.k.a. the shitty ones, mm-hmm. uh, is looking to reboot the series. Uh he he was a producer of all three sequels, which some people go there. Was three sequels? Yeah, but uh, yeah, the last two were straight to straight to video or TV movies, which you know that always is a 
good sign. Yeah, let me explain the 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 last sequel. Um, it took place in the the old west, or not not the old west, um, like it, it took place. Okay, screw my more screw my deeper explanation. Basically, uh, one of the Hatfields released Pumpkinhead upon one of the McCoys. <laughs> or or maybe it was vice versa. I don't I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. Wasn't one of them called like Blood Wings or something? Yeah, that was uh I think that was the, the third one, I think. I remember and, all the sequels had pretty terrible names. Yeah, this this one with the Hatfield McCoys, Hatfields and McCoys, uh it was um Ashes to Ashes. Like God, can you get more generic? Did you, did you just take other subtitles out of a hat? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I've probably mentioned this before. It's like I really liked the first Pumpkinhead, but mm-hmm. pretty much all the rest of them were just shit. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily call myself a big Pumpkinhead fan, but this is disappointing. <laughs> I don't know why they would do this. I mean, especially somebody that was involved in the original films. Trying to make that paper. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. So, we'll see how this goes, but I think needless to say, our hopes are not exactly high. No. No, sir. <laughs> I put a pen on you! So here's a story that will probably make all you ladies out there. Ladies. And specifically our significant others. Yep. <laughs> uh, it looks like after years and years of rumors, there actually is some movement and potential, like actual truth, to uh, there being a Hocus, Hocus Pocus 2. Um. Like I said, after years of just rumors, it, it seems like actual plot points and like story uh, story elements are starting to kind of pop up in in kind of the rumor mill, um, which is is different than in the past because people you know have made rumors, but they, they're pretty non-specific. It's like, oh, they're making a sequel, right? But that was it. Um, so um, it, it, it looks like. The basic story, at least at this point, is that the um, the second installment focuses on a witch hunter who teams up with a magical housewife to stop a power-hungry evil witch. Um, and it, it sounds like, as far as uh, not necessarily casting, but character-wise, it looks like they're they're thinking kind of a team up of personalities like Tina Fey and Melissa McCarthy, that kind of matchup and that, that kind of a uh, du- duo dynamic, I guess. Um, Interesting. Yeah. 
And the original cast is not set to return, correct? Not at this point, at least. It, I mean, it doesn't sound like this story has anything to do with the Sanderson sisters. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Did you ever watch? I mean, I know you've seen I've the movie. I've seen it, yeah, but I haven't been forced to watch it recently. Oh, okay. I never really had an issue with it. It's just like, it, you know, for us, something like Trick or Treat, it's a Halloween essential. We watch it every year. Right. Um, for someone like my, my my fiance, that's hocus pocus for her. She has to watch it every single Halloween. Um, yeah, she's not militant about me sitting down and watching it with her. But <laughs> it's like like I said, I just, I, it's not that I don't enjoy the movie. I just don't feel the need to watch it that often. <laughs> so, uh, Allison Shearmer Productions has signed on to produce. Um, so that's, that's a pretty big indicator that it's, that it's going forward. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel like until we hear something from like a studio who Disney, Disney, until we hear something from, I guess, Disney specifically, um, it's still just rumors at this point. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. With people like if, – if they could get people like Tina Fey and Melissa McCarthy, who, by the way, my my fiance just – she loves Melissa McCarthy. She thinks she's like the funniest thing on the planet. My girlfriend loves Tina Fey, so. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, maybe they can go see it together. Yeah, then we can go see something with guts and boobs. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, until something's confirmed from Disney, it's really all just rumors. But if they can get somebody, people like Tina Fey and Melissa McCarthy that are hot items right this right now, um, I can't see this being anything but successful, provided it has a good script. I mean, it could be Mean Girls or it could be Baby Mama. <laughs> <laughs> um Either way, it, I imagine it'll probably be fun because I have to think, if, especially if they get Tina Fey, that she'll probably have some creative input. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, but no Bette Midler. No. <laughs> or Sarah Jessica Parker's horse face. Right. That's the only movie she looked good in, though. Yeah. It's just a shame that it's a children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll like anything else. We'll keep you posted on this if we uh, hear more about it. Uh, so, <laughs> Ghost House. Pictures, which is Sam Raimi's production company. It just keeps letting us down. And Good Universe, which I don't know what the hell that is. But they're apparently rebooting the Grudge franchise. Uh, That's, yeah. Uh, I wasn't imitating the person. I was just groaning. What person? Oh, the Grudge person. Yeah. Yeah, well, fuck them. Uh, the script is being written by the writer of Midnight Meat Train, a guy by the name of Jeff Bueller, which that, that was pretty good. It was different, but it was it was pretty good. I thought it's not maybe I just love Vinnie Jones though. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's all right. 
It's not one of those movies I can watch often. It's kind of hostile on a train. More or less, yeah. with kind of a twist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just... Uh. Uh, they say it's not going to be a sequel or a remake. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Then what is it? It's it's a reboot, a premake. It's a <laughs> it's a sequake. Sequake. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's apparently going to have new characters, new ghosts, and a new mythology, and will push the mythology forward. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Yeah, just what we need. Uh, as if the story wasn't boring enough. Yeah, now we need new characters and a, and a new ghost. And like this, how how do you still call it the same movie then? It, using the title, I guess. Um, it's kind of like Teen Wolf, which we mentioned before. And actually, a side note: I actually, because I've been employed, I have plenty of time to watch. Just. Just marathon watch TV shows to watch shitty teen dramas. It, it, it's it's not that bad. It's it's not terrible. I I have to I have to admit that now. I mean I I kind of sp- spoke at a turn. God, was that our Halloween episode? We were talking about this, or around that time. Yeah. We we bad we bad mouthed it pretty bad. Actually, it was it was the very first episode because we were talking about uh, MTV's Scream. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I we both badmouthed it pretty badly, and now that I've actually watched it, it it's not awful. But my point is, uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with the original movie. I mean, the story is completely different. Yeah, you were saying that like there was things that were changed that didn't need to be changed. Yeah, like um, I mean, they changed his last name. He's not Scott Howard. He's Scott McCall. Um, his the school he goes to. The school is called Beacon Hills. I don't think, I don't, I don't remember if his high school was actually given a name in the movie. I don't remember either. But but their team name was the Beavers. Yeah. Uh, I I just I mentioned that it didn't seem like his school had a team name, but they're, they're the Cyclones. But another team that they play in lacrosse, not basketball. Um, they're named the Beavers. The fuck. Yeah, and like he. The other team's supposed to be the dragons. Yeah, and he lives with his mom, not his dad. It, I, I, I don't know, but aside from all that, it, it's not a terrible show. I mean, if, if you if you get out of frame of mind, this is spun off of a movie. It's not like if you can just think of it as its own entity, it's not terrible. Anyway, the grudge grudge yeah um so i just don't understand this is is not supposed to be its own entity it's supposed to be part of the same but it has different people and a different mythology and absolutely nothing to do with the original except for the name so stupid it's it's like mirrors and mirrors too it 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 just feels like a way to cash in on the name it oh that's definitely what it is but i mean why not just do a remake then in that case. Who the fuck knows? Studios are fucking pissing me off. Yeah, especially Ghost House. They just keep fucking up. And I expect a lot from them. 
They they better fucking come through with The Last of Us or I'm fucking done with Sam Raimi. <laughs> Until Evil Dead 4. Right. And you'll kiss his ass again. Yeah, probably. As long as it's good. Because we know how much he loves CGI nowadays. Let's, let's get off this before I hurt somebody. <laughs> This isn't any better. So you might remember we talked about the movie Knock Knock, which is Eli Roth's new movie. And he fucking cast goddamn Keanu Reeves in the main role. <laughs> just when I was getting excited for this, she so goes just... and puts t- Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to see Keanu Reeves in any more movies until he does Bill and Ted 3. Yeah. That, that was really his only good role, yeah. Because he was playing a stupid surfer, which is what he is. Sure. Uh, well, it's like even the Matrix, the first Matrix was good, like the first and maybe second time. But I feel like it was good despite him, not because of him. Sure. I mean, when you got people like Joy Pants and <laughs> <laughs> and the fish. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Keanu Reeves is going to play the guy who gets, I guess, home invaded, and then the girls who are doing the home invasion are being played by Lorenza Lorenza Izzo, who is in The Green Inferno, Aftershock, and Hemlock Grove. Notice a pattern. <laughs> and the other girl is Ana de Armas, who is Cuban and has been in mostly Cuban movies. I'm I'm. The Lorenza Izzo, I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe she's banging Eli Roth. I don't know. I don't recognize her at all. Because I watched Henlock Grove, but... I don't know. Fuck it. Fuck it. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Um, that's that's really all we know right now. Do we know when this is coming out? I don't think so. I, I guess it probably hasn't even started filming yet if they're still casting, so... Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I like Eli Roth, but I don't like Keanu Reeves. So, we'll see how that goes. I guess maybe if Eli can like direct him to not be a shitty actor. <laughs> or maybe limit his lines. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could just turn him into like a stoic mute. Because then he just has to move. Just, just like have him go, whoa. Yeah. Keanu, I just want you to do what you're good at. <laughs> just be you. <laughs> I'm a shooting star leaping through the sky Like a tiger defying the laws of gravity I'm a racing car passing by like Lady Godiva I'm gonna go, go, go There's no stopping me I'm running through the So, anybody that's listened to this show consistently knows that we're big fans of Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, and Nick Frost, who yeah, you you would know yeah, he played Ed in Shaun of the Dead, Danny Butterman in Hot Fuzz, and Andy uh, in 
World's End. World, World's End. Thank you. Oh, and, and then most recently he's in uh, was it Cuban Fever? Cuban Fury. Fury, where he plays a flamenco or no a tango dancer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's funnier than shit. I, I I love this guy. Pretty much everything he does is just golden. But he is making his directorial debut with a uh, horror short. Um, it's something he, that he wrote. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was quoted as saying, I, I wrote a short film earlier this year, and I'm hoping we are going to shoot it in May or June. Uh, he says it's just a, a little short horror film. So, so I wonder what the plan is with this. If it's, because I mean, if it's, it's just a short, it's obviously not going to get any kind of theatrical release. Sure. So I wonder if it's going to be like a made for TV movie or like a miniseries. I really don't know what the plan is. I don't know. I mean, and if that's the case, I wonder if we'll see it over here. Because I imagine if if it was like a TV thing, it'll probably get re- released in uh, in the UK. Right. Um, I mean, being who he is, I imagine it'll make its way here eventually. But um, and I wonder him being a comedic actor. I never. I don't think I've ever seen him in a serious role. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if this is going to be like straight down the line horror or if it's going to be like a horror comedy the, you know, what he, what he's more known for yeah I mean he just says horror but he is he is a fucking funny guy so he's fucking funny hopefully it's a uh, a longer adaptation of don't <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah he was here in Seattle a few weeks back yeah a few blocks from your home I know I totally missed him and you didn't chase him down like I told you to <laughs> It was like 11 o'clock at night. Do I look like I'm impressed by excuses? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's all we know, but uh, we're gonna we're definitely keeping an eye on that one. Yep. 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 You know I make you wanna So, uh, just a moment ago, we mentioned MTV's Scream adaptation, and uh, we sure did. We we have we have news news for the first time since episode one. <laughs> uh, the pilot is going to be directed by Wes Craven, so that's that's exciting. That's it's a plus, but I don't know. I'll re- reserve judgment. <laughs> Uh, the so-called rules of slasher movies are at the center of the series, with the pilot episode centering on a viral YouTube video, which captures protagonist Audrey in the middle of murder. Is that in the middle of murder? Okay. And the town's troubled past. Yeah, that's right. Uh, casting is underway now, and we have some character details. Uh, Tony, go ahead and do the first one. Harper Duvall, a 16-year-old beauty who is a little too introverted and intellectual to be a social butterfly, but has nevertheless been anointed by the popular crowd to be one of their own. She feels guilty that she has drifted away from her former best friend Audrey, but at least she's got a Gilmore Girls-esque relationship with her mom, Maggie, who keeps her sane. Audrey Jessen, Harper's former BFF, is described as the bi-curious daughter of a Lutheran pastor who's more arresting-looking than pretty, 
This artsy loner dreams of being a filmmaker and shares a close bond with tech genius Noah. Noah Foster! Audrey's closest confidant is creative, brilliant, and tech-savvy enough to be the next Steve Jobs. Lucky for him, he's got a great sense of humor, a la John Cusack in his teen prime. That helps him navigate the halls of his high school. What's more, Noah possesses an encyclopedic knowledge of books, films, TV, apps, etc. Margaret Duvall, a.k.a. Maggie, Harper's mom, in her early to mid-forties, is the town's medical examiner, a grown-up science geek who plays down her beauty. Maggie spends a lot of her time trying to make up for the fact that Harper's dad abandoned them. Oh, and she's harboring a dark secret from her past. <laughs> These characters sound so fake. <laughs> it's, oh my god, how much, how, how much more archetypical can you get? It's like it's like they just put like generic traits on a billboard or like on a on a um, uh, pin board and just threw darts at them. <laughs> it's like okay, Harper Duvall, she's going to be beautiful, she's introverted, and she's intellectual. <laughs> oh, how many more? How many other sixteen-year-old characters does that sound like? All of them. Yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like, if nothing else, this is definitely going to be more of, like, a high school drama show. Yeah. Which, I, the, 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 the subject matter seems like it's geared towards people that are maybe have just graduated from high school, kind of that age group. But they're telling stories of people in high school. <laughs> but, anyway. I don't know. As we said in episode one, like we didn't have high hopes for it then. This definitely doesn't help. No. I mean, I personally wasn't a huge fan of any of the Scream movies. I liked the concept originally, but when they started making like 12 of them, yeah. uh, it just fell apart. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Wes Craven that he's involving himself in this. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, I don't know if he still owns the the properties i don't know i mean, i imagine he would because i mean if not it could be just him being like well if you're gonna fuck with my shit at least let me fuck with my shit <laughs> good point but so this is set to start filming in the summer it'll be out eventually but who fucking cares yeah i imagine they'll probably get this um i don't know following kind of like as I mentioned before, uh, Teen Wolf, I think that started, like, I think it was a midsummer or a mid-season replacement. So, like, the first season was only, like, nine or ten episodes or something like that. I imagine they'll probably do the same thing with this. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably, like, yeah. January or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking care. <laughs> This is something that snuck up on me, um, despite me being a huge fan of the TV show Being Human. Sci-Fi canceled it back in. Well, I guess it was kind of a, uh, more of a mutual thing. But this the, back in February, they announced that this was the last season of it, and um, 
the last episode was on April 7th. Uh, like I said, that came as a total shock to me because it sounded like, because, you know, they do like, oh, on the next episode of Being Human. Um, they show you like what's leading up to to the next episode and how things are progressing. Uh, got to a point where it's like, these things that they're suggesting seem very final. <laughs> so I just did a little bit of reading and it, yeah, it's like they've, they've announced it in February. That it's like, Oh, this is going to be the last season of being human. Um, this was the fourth season that they were in. Um, and I guess it, the budget had been cut pretty drastically between seasons three and four and the cast, I guess all came together. Uh, I mean, the main cast was uh, Sam Witwer, um, Sam Huntington and um, oh geez, oh geez Smith. Yep, I am totally spacing on the girl that played uh, Sally. Sally Jesse Raphael. Nope, wasn't her. Wasn't her. I'm gonna look it up. I'm already doing it. Okay, keep talking. I wouldn't do this, but or I, I Megan Rath. Yep, that's the one. Megan Rath uh, played Sally, the ghost. Uh, anyway, they all kind of came together and Started discussed. <laughs> they said, it went to sci-fi and said, hey, look, we can, or the, it had been cut, the budget had been cut drastically between seasons three and four, and it was going to be cut again for season five. And they were already operating on a shoestring budget. Um, and so the cast came together and they said, look, we can give you one more good season. Uh, and then that's, that's gotta be it. Um, Sam Witwer, uh, he said uh, that we all sort of felt felt each other out to see how we felt about it. Felt each other up. Yeah. And we said, listen, we can give you one more good season. Anything more would be disastrous. It just wouldn't be a good show. Uh, So we asked for permission to end the show in the fourth season because we all cared way too much about the show to see it go down in flames in a fifth season. Uh, They agreed that we could do that, and I really applaud them for being sympathetic to our creative interest there. It's not a very usual thing that a corporation gives a shit, which I don't think... True that. What? True that. Well, think about it. I don't think they did give a shit because they cut the budget twice. (laughs) That's true. But they could have been like, no, keep making episodes because now we have less overhead, so... I guess. I mean, they would probably lose their stars if they did that shit um but uh Whitber he he said that he he actually actually spent his own money on the show to uh, to actually produce it I mean he he housed crew members in his home uh he filmed scenes unpaid like um like unpaid call times he, he said um and he actually took it upon himself to go out like take a small crew with him and like go out in the woods and film second unit scenes um all you know unpaid all just to save on budget so it sounded like at, at least him i got i got to imagine the other two were really committed to it uh as well but it sounds like at least he was very in love with the show and i i can't imagine he wanted it to end but i wouldn't think you would go through all that if you didn't give a shit yeah i mean he actually read a quote from him saying that he'd been in, under contract uh, three times in his career, and this was the one time that he didn't try to get out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was bummed out because I really enjoyed the show. Um, 
it looked. This is it's a remake of a UK show, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Which I actually discovered uh, ended too. I thought that was still going, but it uh, actually ended last year, I think. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was disappointing. But um, I, I I can agree with them to a certain point where it's like you you want to kind of end on a high note. Yeah. You don't want to keep uh, beating a dead dead horse, you know. So, uh. Sure. Uh, I, I, I speak for myself. I'm sure I could probably speak for Taylor. I wish all three of them the best of luck. I mean, I know they're they're all great actors, and I, I imagine they'll probably be, move, be able to move on into uh, bigger and better things. We wish them luck in their future endeavors. Yeah, yeah, that. I've heard that plenty of times. <laughs> anyway. Well, good news that, that maybe <laughs> probably uh, not. <laughs> uh, Sci-Fi has already decided what they're going to replace being human with, and it's a new show called Z Nation, which you can probably guess is about zombies. Yep. Uh, it's so, it's from the production company The Asylum, who is best known as the company that made wait for it Sharknado. <laughs> but did they make the second one? Oh, you mean Sharknado 2, the second one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I do not know. Uh, fuck. Uh, Z Nation will take viewers where no zombie has gone before, I call bullshit. <laughs> like where? Fucking yeah. space? <laughs> There's nowhere else to go. This The zombie thing is such overworn territory that just, there's just nothing else to do that hasn't already been done. Yeah, that's like... Everyone that makes a zombie movie makes that statement. Mm. And if, if it's true, then it's fucking stupid because it's, you know, flying zombies or something. <laughs> uh, but that was that was a statement from Carl Schaefer, who is the showrunner. Uh, he continues, the show adds a sense of hope to the horror of the apocalypse. Our everyday heroes take the fight to the zombies. It'll be an epic journey unlike anything you've ever seen before. I call bullshit again. Yeah, it'll be, that sounds exactly like Walking Dead. I was just going to say, it'll be an epic journey unlike anything you've seen before, except for the last time you watched Walking Dead. As long as you've never watched AMC. <laughs> uh, the, so the basic premise is that three years have passed since the zombie virus has gutted the country, and a team of everyday heroes must transport the only known survivor of the plague from New York to California, where the last functioning viral lab waits for his blood. Although the antibodies he carries are the world's last best hope for a vaccine, he hides a dark secret that threatens them all. With humankind's survival at stake, the ragtag band embarks on a journey of survival across 3,000 miles of rusted-out post-apocalyptic America. Z Nation is a dynamic ensemble drama that will plunge viewers into a fully-imagined post-zombie America and take them on an adventure with a diverse group of richly drawn characters. As the reluctant heroes learn to work as a team and battle ever more menacing zombies, their flaws, idiosyncrasies, and moral dilemmas will ultimately become the heart of the show. Womp womp. <laughs> so, uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, I, I, I find it funny and convenient that they have to go to California, which is on the exact opposite end of the country. <laughs> of course. I um, figured they could travel maybe a thousand, a thousand miles in a season, 
so it could give us a good three seasons. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> the first season is going to be 13 episodes, and it's going to debut this fall. Uh, are you planning on watching this? Nope. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably check it out. Um, I'll give it, you know, I'll watch the pilot, see how that goes. Yeah, I'll see, you... see if it uh, intrigues me enough to watch the second. Yeah, I'll let you be the guinea pig. I'll take it on a episode by episode basis. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. They're coming to get you, Barbara. So that's horror business. I thought we had more for some reason. It did feel like we had a lot more, but yeah, I mean, here we're we're not even an hour yet. Usually, it takes us over an hour to get through horror business. Well, I you know there's. Most of the horror business today is a lot of bullshit that we didn't really want to talk about. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, true enough. They say no horror business is good horror business, so we had nothing but shitty horror business. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Wish we had better news for you. It's not our fault. We tried to find some good stuff. Um, so, okay, so the special on this episode is... <laughs> The special feature of this episode. Bonus feature. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did an interview with uh, the CEO of uh, the Crypt app, um, uh, Jack Davis. Uh, wasn't a super long one. He, you know, he's a busy guy, so we couldn't, you know, we, we talked to him for as long as we could. And so um, it, it was a fun interview. But uh, Yeah, we did get a lot of information from him in in the short time that we did talk to him. So it's it's concise. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, go ahead and send you along to that interview. All right. Hey, everyone. You are here with Skeletoni. And Taylor of Terror. And we are here with you now uh, with uh, Jack Davis, who is the CEO of the Crypt app, which is a uh, horror app that... uh, uh, well, Jack, why don't you go and uh, explain exactly what the crypt is? Uh, well, guys, first of all, thank you for having me on. Very excited to be on the Grave Plot Podcast. And the crypt is the home for all horror lovers. If you have an iPhone and you're into horror and you want to see the creations of the rest of the horror community, it's an app where users post anything they love about horror. They can post. You can post your own short films, clips of your favorite movies, your favorite images, reviews, anything. So if you love horror and want to just have 24-7 horror on your phone, uh, the Crypt is the app for you. Yeah, awesome. I, I mean, uh, I, I've got an iPhone here, and uh, Taylor's stuck with a with an Android. Yeah, when's the Android version coming? <laughs> Taylor, hold on. We're working on Android. It's, it's probably one of the biggest things on our, on, our, on our list right now we're working on, but Android is being worked on, and we want to make sure uh, all horror fans can enjoy the Crypt, not just iPhone users. All right, good to know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've uh, ever since we first started uh, kind of uh, chatting with you, uh, I've been I've been checking it out, and I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I really love it. Um, I kind of think of it, oh, almost kind of like a like a Pinterest for for horror. We we've heard Pinterest of horror. We've heard Instagram of horror. Um, I'm glad you like it. Uh, it's really just for horror fans to make whatever they want it to be. And kind of like the way I, I I talk to horror fans who don't who don't have the app, I say download the app scroll through it once and I'm willing to bet you're going to find something you like or that kind of makes you squirm or kind of makes you laugh and uh, if you scroll through it one time and don't see anything you like then you can 
you know, you, you, you can you can delete it. But uh, I'm willing to bet that anyone who takes one scroll through the crypt is going to find something of their interest. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, uh, I mean, uh, there there are different categories. Um, the uh, up at up at the top of the app, uh, we got the crypt community. Uh, it's how I fell in love. I think that might be kind of a newer one. I didn't, hadn't noticed that one before. Uh, Crypt Columnist, uh, Most Alive, Killer Cinema, Gory Gallery, and Bloody Library. Uh, why don't you kind of uh, maybe explain to us what, what those are? I mean, what, what kind of the difference is? Well, the Crypt is our main filter. That's basically we try and pull the best content from all the different filters you see. The Crypt is the filter you're directed to when you first open the app. But the reason we've created these different filters is so fans can kind of understand their own experience and tailor their own experience. Community is just every user upload. Every user upload automatically goes into our community section. Um, so anything a user puts, they can see going on the app instantly. Uh, How I Fell in Love with Horror is a series we ran on Valentine's Day, and we're testing bringing it back, where horror is such a unique passion. You know, the, the love horror fans have for horror is so strong. So we want people to tell your story. You know, for me, I have my own story, How I Fell in Love with Horror, which was watching the Final Destination movies as a kid. But everyone's a unique story, be it seeing Halloween for the first time, Nightmare Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I've heard American Werewolf, you know, anything. So we want to kind of have people be able to share their story. And then Gory Galleries, all photos, all of our horror photos. Killer Cinema is for all the various horror videos uploaded to the app. And Bloody Libraries for those fans who want to, uh, to read great reviews, um, things like that. And Crypt Colonists is for our special reviewers who uh, really produce top-of-the-line written work for us. Right on. Um... Uh, so how did the Crypt start? So I, uh, I I work with the team, and uh, we, we were really really interested in the idea of creating an app for these communities and creating something where fans could upload and kind of interact. And we're blessed to have the the incomparable Eli Roth as our partner. And I've always loved horror and big, been a big horror fan. And uh, I, I had a chance to meet Eli Roth just, just kind of fortunately. And uh, I kind of told him what I was doing. He said, you know, the horror community would go crazy for something like this, something where fans can upload. The vo- horror fans are so passionate. They have so many things they want to share, and there's no avenue for them to really do that. And we looked into it. Uh, we agreed. As, as a horror fan myself, it was kind of something I wanted to make happen, and uh, I needed someone like Eli with his prowess to kind of make it a reality. So we started developing and building, and uh, we worked hard. We launched the first version of the uh, Friday, December 13th. We launched a, uh, a better version, which we call our hard launch, Friday, February 14th on Valentine's Day, and we've really seen this just grow and grow. That's awesome. Uh, so, I mean, uh, kind of what uh, what what involvement does uh, Eli have? I mean, especially I mean then and, and kind of now. Eli has been extremely involved from the beginning. Like I said, he he really shapes the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, he cares so much about the community. He has such an insight into it, having you know many classics like Cabin Fever and Hostel, but every big decision Eli is extremely involved in, be it the look of the app, user experience, testing new versions, thoughts on how we can improve, where to go. He's really an amazing person to work with, and uh, everything you see on the crypt, you know that Eli had a hand in a hand in creating, and also Eli looks at the app every single day and, and likes the best work of users and is, is very active in it. Cool. Um, so... I, I guess what what's what are you uh, what are you trying to achieve? I mean, I, get, I don't want to say end game because obviously this is going to be something that you want to continue to grow. But uh, I guess what do you what are you ultimately trying to get to um, um, 
you know, maybe exposure wise, or are you trying to grow into something specific, or is this, is it kind of like where you, where you want it now? We're always trying to get better. Um, there, the end game is just to make a better experience for horror fans. So I always encourage anyone listening or anyone who uses the crypt to reach out to us. Be it that team at fearthecrypt.com. Uh, you can read us on Twitter at, at fearthecrypt, facebook.com slash fearthecrypt, Instagram slash fearthecrypt, our YouTube channel is fearthecrypt. Reach out to us. Tell us what you want to see. We want to make this product better. Uh, like I said, each you know, each month or so, we release an update with new additions. We release search as part of our latest update. We're working on a new update now. Like I said, uh, you know, we're working on the Android. We're working on a more expanded website. All we want to do is cre- keep creating a better experience for horror fans to showcase their love of the genre, to be able to interact with other horror fans, to be able to find new original content. So our end game is just creating a better product. And the better product we make, the more people we can reach. Once we reach Android, we'll have a ton of new users. Once we have a website, people can enjoy the crypt from a different, you know, a different technological form. So I think our end game is to improve this thing, to uh, to keep having the incredible creations of the community, be it video, photo, article, or otherwise, shared on the platform. Sure, great. Um, so on Twitter, we've seen like the hashtag Crypt Family, and then there's even like an, a specific account just for Crypt Family. What exactly is the Crypt Family? So Crypt Family is a really important concept to us, and I think it speaks deeper beyond than just the app. Loving horror is a very specific love. You know, you know, it, it, it's a unique passion, like I've said. And if you love horror, you're part of something. You're part of a community that has its own passions, its own rules. You know, it, it, it's very unique, you know, as I've said a few times now, because it's different, let's be honest. Loving horror is different. You know, it takes a different type of person, and the passion among horror fans is so strong. And really, for me, the intellect of horror fans, the discussion you see around the genre is incredible. So if you're a horror lover, you're a part of something special. And we want the crypt to be all accepting, which is no matter what you're into, be it subgenres of horror, slashers, zombies, monsters, anything. If you love horror and you feel like, you know, you have this very unique passion that might not be accepted everywhere, it's accepted at the crypt. We don't censor anything. We fully just want people to upload what they want, to see what they want to see. They'll have a very tailored experience. So if you're a crypt family, you love horror and you're part of something special, which is we're all in this together. Um, and that's why this, this project is about the users. It's about you being able to upload whatever you want. So I think Crypt Family is just kind of us getting to the notion of if you love horror, you're part of something special. And if you're on the Crypt, uh, you're home. Very cool. So so anyone can be a member of the Crypt Family, basically. Anyone, if you have the Crypt, you're a member of the Crypt Family. Cool. Um, who are some of the contributors you guys have? So we have, you know, we, we, have, we have people using the app in terms of like Eli Roth, uh, Wes Craven recently tweeted out at us, uh, Nicolas Lopez. We have, you know, writers from various blogs. But to me, each contributor is equal. Uh, I love the work of some of our favorite users, like Zomboy Productions, Chris Cofell, uh, Monster House, Trapjaw, just to name a few. But our our most important contributors is everyone. This is a, a product from the people for the people. I love every post on the app. So while it's awesome to see people like Eli and Wes Craven use the app, uh, the post of the Everyday Fan is really special. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. I mean, uh, I personally am kind of like a, a makeup enthusiast, and uh, it's really cool because 
it seems like the crypt is kind of a place where people can go and, you know, they can do their best makeup on themselves and they can post a picture of it. And up until that, up till the, the kind of the creation of the crypt, it seemed like there wasn't really a place for people to do that. Well, I think the, the point that you're getting at, which, which is quite an astute one, which is Instagram is saturated, right? Even if you're a horror fan and have other horror fan friends, if you post something to Instagram, they're not going to appreciate it at the same level. If you post it to Facebook, Twitter, etc. These social media outlets and these social networks are so saturated with people that a specific passion like horror can't be fully appreciated the way it is by other horror fans. So you, when you post them to the crypt, be it makeup, uh, like you said, be it here's my favorite creepy clip of the day, be it this is my favorite monster of the day, you're speaking to a community who cares and is going to give you valuable insight uh, on your work, on your love. Uh, you know, every other every other Monday we have Makeup Monday, so get excited for this Monday because we're having another Makeup Monday this Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's what you say. You're not going to find this type of stuff anywhere else, and you're not going to find the passion of the users for what's being posted anywhere else. Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, we've had sites like, you know, like Bloody and Disgusting and Dread Central and Shock Till You Drop, you know, horror sites, but it's more news. This is more of a kind of a social community a little bit. Yeah, bloody disgusting. Shark to you drop. Those places do great work. Uh, I really respect Brad Mishka and, and Ryan Turk quite a bit. But this is the place for users to post their own work, to have your work noticed, whatever it may be. Like I said, video, image, article, and uh, have it shared with the community. This is about an interactive experience. So if you have any love for horror, uh, you can post something. And even if you don't want to post anything, there's so many users posting. You're going to find something you like that's different than the other horror mediums uh, online. Um, so is there any plans of expanding to like a website to actually make it like a horror social network? We, we are trying to expand in every way because we want to deliver our product to more users to create a better user experience. We're working on Android. Uh, we currently have fearthecrypt.com up right now. It doesn't showcase a whole lot, but we're working on developing that. Improvements are coming to iPhone. An Android version is coming and an expanded website is coming soon. Like I said, we launched our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash fearthecrypt last week. So we're trying to really just add as many layers to this as we can. Um, what does uh, uh, what, what is your YouTube channel kind of feature? I mean, is it just the videos that have been posted? So on? we have so many. We have so yeah. We have so many great users posting videos, and uh, you know, if you don't have the app and you can't watch the videos because you don't have an iPhone, you can go on the YouTube channel, see some of our best stuff. We add videos, about three videos a week. We have Eli Roth student clip. Uh, we have Eli Roth student film clip on there, which is really cool. We have some amazing short films. We have horror vines on there. Uh, some of the best work you see on the actual app we have on YouTube, so anyone can see it on any device at any time. Cool. Um, well, I think that's about all we have for you, Jack. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, honestly, it's my pleasure, uh, Tony Taylor. Uh, I'd love to come on anytime. I'm totally happy to make the, uh, make a grave podcast pick of the week. But, uh, you know, we're all in this together, like I said. Horror is a family. You guys are part of the Crypt family. And anytime I can come on and chat about new developments, stuff that's happening, uh, I absolutely love to. Hey, Fantastic. Yeah, we'd love to have you on anytime. Yeah, it's, uh, right. it's our pleasure, and we're just so uh, happy you could be on the show with us and really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. All right, so make sure you go to fearthecrypt.com and download the app if you have an iPhone and Android coming soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks again, Jack. Take it easy.
So yes, that was very informative. Uh, yeah, so like uh, you probably heard, I have an Android phone, so I'm unable to download it. But you have the app on your phone. Yes, I do. And uh, you use it daily? Um, yes, I guess. I, that's the simple answer. I don't use it every single day, but like there are times where yeah, I'll use it like a f- couple times every day, like three or four days in a row. Do you ever like come across anything on it that can be like used for horror business? Um, on occasion, um, it it's a lot of opinions and not so much like news. Mm. As kind of like what I mentioned in the article or in the, um, the interview. Is it's it's not so much news like um, like bloody disgusting or or, or um, shock till you drop that type of stuff. It, it's more like opinion pieces, uh, kind of like the stuff we do on Movie Pilot um, and MoviePilot dot com backslash great plot. It's forward slash forward slash great plot. Yo, take that, America. <laughs> Uh, so it's but it's you would recommend it? Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, and like like Jack mentioned, he they're they're constantly working to expand it and make it make it better. Um, so I was a little intrigued what he what he meant by the grave plot pick of the week. Yeah, maybe I'll email him and ask him what what he meant by that. But yeah, I mean if we could get involved, that would be that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean we're you know obviously more than willing to. Expand, so yeah. Hashtag Crypt Family. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as we, uh, so if you have an iPhone, download it. Yeah, it's uh, on the App Store. You can check out the website at fearthecrypt.com and um, check it out for yourself. And uh, let us know what you think. Uh, t- tell us on our Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Yep. Email us. And so uh, before we get to the reviews, we want to send you to. Uh, a little promo from our friends at Yeah, Let's Go There. Yeah, Let's Go There. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Let's Go There. Tell me about this night in here. Yeah, Let's Go There. It happened yesterday. I couldn't get out if I wanted to. Found nothing. You're listening to Yeah, Let's Go There, a show of true stories from around the world. Do you know what story you want to tell? I'll go for my second best story. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is how it starts. My name is Nara. Henry. And Miriam. We're at Shenzhen, China. Honduras. The city's Nongkiel. East of Bangkok. And immediately, three guys walk in. And I'm like, off. And he spun around and grabbed me by the throat. I knew as soon as he was in my bedroom, I was in danger. I hoped that everything was finishing because I was scared a lot. Or a guy that would be like, I stabbed someone. And I froze and the man attacking me froze. Don't do this. Don't do this, brother. So when's my moment? When's my moment? Everybody get shoes on, get a weapon. And I just go for it. We're just running for our lives. I think he was a little dazed. I think I I put my hand under her head. I I caught her head. I saved this guy's life. This is Yeah, Let's Go There, the podcast. Real stories of heroism, bravery, and stupidity from around the world. Listen and download now on yeahletsgothere.com. Cool stuff. Yeah, have you listened to 
the Yeah, Let's Go There podcast? I haven't listened to a full episode yet, no. Uh, the episodes are all very short. They're only like 10 to 15 minutes, but they're they're really cool. They're, um, you know, he, he travels all around the world and gets these really amazing stories from people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I told you, it reminds me a lot of This American Life, but like less narrative because the people telling the stories are actually the people that they happen to. Right. So it's 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 a lot of fun. It's cool. Yeah, when he uh, when uh, when Jay sent me the the, the promo, um, I gave it a listen. And it, it was definitely a very um, it really it re- it grabs you and it makes you want to hear the rest of that conversation. So um, yeah, like I said, they're they're you know a really short listen, so it's not something that you got to sit and muscle through. Yeah, not like us. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, honestly, ever since I've been unemployed, I just have not been keeping up with my podcasts at all. I, yeah, I would be the same way because I listen exclusively at work. So. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, even, even I'll listen to it in my car, but I, don't, I haven't been doing that much driving lately. So <laughs> when I'm not, you know, I'm not commuting. So, but um, anyway, yeah. So uh, God, shit, what's his website? <laughs> it's yeah, let's go there dot com. Okay, good. Uh, so go check him out and uh, and let him know what you think and tell him tell him we sent you. So, uh, with all that out of the way, let's move on to our reviews. So our first review is going to be the movie that I selected, which is something we talked about a few episodes back. I don't remember exactly what number. Yeah. But, uh... It's from this year, and it is called Lucky Bastard. Hey guys, it's Dave G here. Just wanted to say what a huge fan of Lucky Bastard I am. You guys are the best on the net, and I love your stuff. I'm a decent guy. I'm a nice person. Nope, no way. Ashley, come on. No, no amateurs. I'm not doing this. Go shoot somebody else. Ignore her. You shoot everything. Never stop shooting. 1,500. There's, there's, there's my Ashley. There's my little stripper that I turned into a porn star. Here he is. Here's our lucky bastard. Hey. You sit next to Ashley, okay? Cool. Look at that reaction. That's the spirit. I'm out of here. What are you doing? This guy is a creep. What did he do? What did he do? He asked me out tonight. He's like, after the shoot, you want to go out for a drink? Jesus, that's lame. This house was used for one of those reality shows, so they outfitted it with these awesome little cameras, like like that one up there, okay? Get down there. Don't touch my touch. Don't laugh at me. It's over. Get dressed, Nico will drive you to the station. If you use this footage, I'm warning you. What? So Lucky Bastard is about a guy named Dave G, 
who wins a contest and he gets to go on this website called Lucky Bastard and bang a porn star. Uh, he gets there. Things go awry. He blows his load a little early. Freaks out. Calamity ensues. Yeah. It's a pretty aggressive. <laughs> uh, but, see... That's that's really all you can say for the synopsis. Because, I mean, it's, this is one of those movies where the devil's in the details, kind of. Because there's not... You know, a whole lot else you can say as far as the actual storyline. It's true, but, I mean, I think what griped me about this movie is, like, I'm sitting, and I check, and it's like, I'm halfway through the movie, and nothing's happened yet. It is very slow. I mean, I like to watch boobs as much as the next guy. Granted, there aren't as many as I would have thought there'd be. Yeah, this movie's rated NC-17, but, like, other than the simulated sex it could have easily been pg-13 sure there's almost no gore no there really isn't it's it's all off screen yeah and the stuff that is on screen is very clearly cgi yeah which i mean for a low budget movie you know what are you gonna do sure but um but we've discussed before it's not that hard to make a um squib squib uh yeah like there's no real like brutality like he shoots people or there's like uh, he uses a aluminum baseball bat he beats a guy's head in with with a rock but that's off screen yeah you just see you see like some blood on the car seat yeah uh so i think that's really just my biggest gripe like the action doesn't really happen until like three quarters of the way through the movie yeah, I really expect more from an NC-17 movie. I expected a lot of gore. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine the NC-17 rating just came from the the sex scenes. Yeah, because they weren't they weren't pulling any punches. No, I mean it. It looked like porn. Yeah, I mean especially at the very beginning, there was you know these these porn sites. They have several different branches, I guess, um, but they have kind of different themes. And one one of the themes of this this porn company was kind of like rape fantasy mm-hmm. por- uh, porn. So it opens up on this scene that I mean, there's no lead up to it. I mean, there's no kind of reveal until the end. You think it's actually some girl on a porn set actually getting raped. Yeah. Um, but um, what was weird about that scene is they censored out the guy's balls. I think it was the, the penetration. So you, you think there was actual penetration going on? No, but I'm, I'm saying... Because the, the the movie was presented as um, uh, police evidence, right? It's a found footage. I don't know if we mentioned that. We yeah, we didn't. Which instantly found footage. I'm just thinking, oh god. Like I remember when we talked about it before, we thought this is like the best found footage premise. Which I guess it still might be. But yeah, I, I think the premise is still great. It's just I just thought it was poorly executed. Yeah. Um, and then but like, I, I like the part at the beginning where it says that since everyone involved signed waivers to be on the porn site, that made it okay to show this footage. I didn't catch. I mean, I I saw the 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 text or the, yeah the, the yeah that's what it was saying was because everyone signed waivers that that's why they could air the footage without having to censor anyone's face or anything. Huh. But I thought that was that was a clever little add in. Yeah, I suppose. I know it's like the opening scene is um, like the police investigation. Yeah. Which 
that seems so recycled to me. Oh, totally. I mean, instantly. It, it, granted, it wasn't a found footage film, but something like um, uh, the Texas Chainsaw uh, remake. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. And that scene was fairly unnecessary, too. Like, it didn't really add anything to the actual story. Not really, no. I mean, it just it shows you the aftermath before everything else. Yeah. So, in a way, that kind of took away from it, I think, because it t- shows you exactly who dies. <laughs> True. I mean, you didn't really see any faces, but if you're an observant person, you know, like, like I am, like I'm sure you are. Um, it's like you recognize what clothes that people are wearing. And, yeah. Um, and then another found footage cliche is at one point the the director tells the cameraman, never stop shooting. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a total cliche. It's like, why would anyone just tell someone to just film everything all the time? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of one of those crucial reasons why the camera's always being held, why the camera's always running. Yeah, we've always talked about how there's that, why the hell are you still recording this? Yeah. And in, in this one, it's because, oh, the guy told him to, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it explains it easily. I don't know if it's necessarily a good explanation, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that, that, there's our, that there are cameras there, but at the same time, there's, you know, like the guy, Chris, the cameraman, who's played by Chris, Chris Wilde. Wild. Um, <laughs> like, he's always filming even when the shit starts going down he's always there with a camera on his shoulder mm-hmm. you know it's not just a, a stationary camera that happens to be there all right um so yeah it, the, the movie kind of centers around a single porn star who's uh actually saint mm-hmm. was played by betsy rue who when we first talked about this we thought she was an actual porn star sorry <laughs> um but, you know, I thought that because the only other thing I'd seen her in, she was butt naked. So it's like... <laughs> With a dick in her mouth. <laughs> you know, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but she was in uh, My Bloody Valentine. Stop tapping. Um, she was in the My Bloody Valentine remake. And, like, I think she was in a total of, like, maybe two scenes. If I, It's been a while since I've seen it, but I know... One scene, she's sprinting out of a motel room, just stark naked. So she does that in this too. She runs yeah. naked. <laughs> Maybe that's just kind of her she's thing. Typecast. Yeah. <laughs> and then this girl Casey, I had to look up because I was like, "This girl has to be a porn star because she is a terrible actress." But towards the end, she actually gets better. So I think she's just a really good actress playing a really bad actress. It could be it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, she's she's not a porn star. Either. Oh, okay. <laughs> in case you were wondering, <laughs> uh, well, her acting bad. Like when she was just being herself, not necessarily when she was acting in a, a porn. She was just acting. Yeah, but bad. I think she was just supposed to be like this ditzy. I suppose. It seemed like she was. Did it seem like she was hiding an accent? Sometimes, yeah. I I didn't see if where she was from, but yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't decide if she was just like not using good inflection on what she was saying, or if or if she was like hiding an accent or, or what. But yeah, I don't know. But anyway, this yeah, this character Ashley Saint. It, it's funny because it shows all the behind the scenes of of a. Well, it, 
we say porno, it's not like it's not like um, a storyline porno so much. It's it's this reality porn yeah. that's really been really popular for like the last 10, 15 years. Um, and this Ashley Saint, it's funny because you see all the behind the scenes of her as a person. You find out she's like a single mom. Yeah, she's divorced. <laughs> she's divorced. Her, her ex-husband was a was a meth head. And she, there's one point where the director, Mike... Uh, I think that was his name. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, she she says something about um needing the money for her kids or something like that, and um and Mike says that's so that's just not or she says like uh, Queen of the Limp Dick or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She gets up, or she's like, "Oh, you want sexy?" So she gets gets up in the ca- uh, camera. Says, you want adult? Yeah, she gets up in the camera and starts like kind of rubbing herself and talking all sexy. And she says, "I'm a single mother. I have two children. I'm I'm divorced. I drive a minivan." <laughs> so it's funny just to see like, which I'm absolutely positive is accurate. Is just seeing these porn star. A porn star is like a normal person. Yeah, just trying to pay the bills. Um, especially like they um, they go to pick her up on the way to the Lucky Bastard shoot, and uh, the other girl Casey, she says you look look cute, and like what she was wearing. She says, "Oh, thanks. I was gonna wear the blue top, but it had spaghetti stains on it." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, she is such a mom." <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of stuff just it, it, it was funny to see. Even even though it was acting, seeing a porn star it was like kind of a real person, right? Um, and uh, like going back to it, how we were talking about how some of the the sex scenes are very graphic, like that you can't see penetration obviously because then it would be a porno. Yeah, but there's like both people are completely naked mm-hmm. and they're going to town on each other, and there's yeah. <laughs> I just remember hearing that and just being like, oh, man. <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's a character that gets dildo raped. Mm-hmm. That happens. It does happen. And he had what I imagine would be a pretty accurate reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. Weeping uh, and, and such. Screaming and... Yeah. It was rough. That was rough. But I think one of the most important things about the movie was Chris Wilde's creeper stash. Oh, yeah. He had a total porn stash. Yeah. Which is funny because he, he wasn't an actor. Right. It was just a camera man. <laughs> it's almost like he grew the mustache as a joke or something. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you ever seen Wet Hot American Summer? Of course. Well, you remember Ken Reno's character, Vic? Yeah. That curly wig he's wearing? Yeah. They didn't tell him to wear that. He just brought it to set. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of imagine something like that. Could it's be. like, oh, I'm a, I'm a porn cameraman, so I've got a mustache. <laughs> I have a mustache now. He just shows up set and like, what the fuck is on your face? <laughs> oh, fuck. Fucking Chris Wilde. Um, so... I think I can ask this without it being a spoiler. Did she smile at the end? 
the very end, right before it fades to black, did she smile? I didn't notice. I don't think so. She she had kind of had that face. Stupid face. <laughs> no, just that kind of face where it always looks like she's smirking or like she's thinking of something evil. <laughs> That's possible. It was hard to tell because it, it kind of looked like she looked right at the camera and just had like this little almost smile right before she turned it off. But it, it may have just been her her face. I don't know. Maybe. I'd say I'd have to watch it again, but I don't. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, I feel like the movie kind of pretty accurately showed how shitty the porn business is, just how shitty the people are, and yeah, the one point where like the guy just he says, you know, he he'd do whatever for money. He he'd suck off a guy if he had to for money. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, and just talking about how, like when you're having sex with someone, you, you just, you don't even think about being there. You're having sex with someone else in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just, it seems so sad. Yeah. Braved. Uh, but so they go and they, they pick up this, this, Dave, Dave guy in, in, in Van Nuys. Ugh. <laughs> and I'd apologize to the people living in Van Nuys, but I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm sorry you live in Van Nuys. <laughs> um, and he, he's a total... At first, he just seems like a total dork. Oh, yeah. You yeah. almost feel sad for him, which obviously was the point of the whole movie. Um. But then it moves on, and he turns into like a serious creep. That it's like you, you almost don't think he's playing a character. Yeah, like even before he goes completely crazy, he's still very creepy. Yeah, because he like he calls Ashley by her real name, and he like talks to her about her children, mm-hmm. and he's he's not talking to her like she's a character. Yeah, and you kind of. I don't know. This might be a bit of a spoiler, so... Potential spoiler alert. So, yeah, so just jump ahead about, I don't know, 10 seconds. But you find out he's, he lies about a lot of things. Yeah. Which, it, it doesn't seem like there's any reason for it. He just did. Yeah, it made me wonder if he had, like, a history or something that was going to come up, but it just never never did. Yeah, I mean, it said they did, like, a, or, I mean, I assume they did a background check on him. Like they said they were going to. I think they just said they were just, they just all they do is an STD test. Well, no, she, she is uh, Ash, the Ashley character. She wanted them to run a background check on him. And so she, they said they, or Mike said they would. Oh, I missed that. So. He's played by Jay Paulson, who was one of the uh, X-Files nerds from Can't Hardly Wait. Right. <laughs> so it's almost like that character all grown up. <laughs> uh you know, he looked a lot like um, uh, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. From Homeland. And he's in uh, Dreamcatcher. Ginger. Uh, yeah, kind of. He, he kind of looks like he might be like a, a younger brother or something. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, he, he just had... He had kind of the crazy eyes and just... Weird guy. Yeah, just very, like, sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But oh, yeah. overall, um, I was not impressed with it as a horror. It, no. it really was more almost psychological because there was not, like you said, all the kills were off screen. There was not a lot of gore. Yeah. If anything, excuse me, um, I'd almost qualify this more as a drama more than anything else. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if I'd call it a thriller necessarily because the, 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 the thrills don't, like I mentioned, don't even happen until three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, like my final note says, I don't want to say this movie is a cash-in attempt, but it definitely doesn't feel like a horror fan's horror movie. Yeah. And, I mean, I think you might know more about this, like its history, than I would, but was this kind of, was this marketed as a horror movie? I believe so. (laughs) Let me pull up the IMDb page and see what it says. I remember originally seeing... Um, an article about it on, I think it was Dread Central. Uh, crime, drama, and thriller, according to IMDb. Okay. So yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's. I wouldn't tell anybody to steer away from it, but I definitely wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Yeah, I mean, this is just. I think it's one of those movies where. It's not f- for us, but it's not necessarily not for anyone. Yeah, like if somebody was like, I'm thinking about watching this movie, Lucky Bastard, what do you think? I'd be like, eh, go for it. But if somebody was like, can you recommend a movie for me to watch? I'm not going to say you should watch Lucky Bastard. Right. Um, so I think ultimately I'm going to give it a three. Three? Okay. Um, so yeah, just, I guess, probably... Keeping in mind the my new kind of scoring system that I set up last episode, um, or was it last episode? It was last episode. Was it okay? Um, just you know, one being utter shit, five being an okay movie, and ten being a fucking fantastic movie. Um, as I mentioned, this movie's it's not awful, but kind of like you said, it's like it's not something I'd recommend to other people. Um, I mean, unless they're specifically looking for a crime thriller, thriller drama, you know. Um, it's like, hey, can you recommend a good crime drama thriller that has porn in it? <laughs> I have just the movie for you. Um, but also, it, it wasn't terrible. It was it was well acted. Yeah. I mean, the story was good. And it was... It was I don't know. I mean, obviously... Neither one of us has been in this situation before, but it was relatable to an extent. I, I guess. suppose. I mean, I mean, we've both watched porn, so I maybe just I never. Right. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> um, what kind of depraved soul? <laughs> you should watch the lock-in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so all that taken into account, um, I'd say this was an okay movie, so I'll get a five. All right. Moving on, we, uh, like I mentioned before, we were originally going to watch Oculus, that was, that was my choice, but, um, just based on the release date being so close to the day we were recording, we switched it to Hatchet. Hatchet. 
boy named Victor Crowley. Folks weren't too kind of Victor, so he stayed hidden in his daddy's house, out in the bayou. One night, some mean children came to his house, and there was a bad fire. When his daddy chopped down the door to save him, he didn't know Victor was pressed against the other side. And poor Victor Crowley died. They say people disappear in those woods. And legend has it, if you get close enough to the old Crowley house at night, you can still hear Victor Crowley roaming in the woods, crying. I want to go home. We're all going to die. So, Hatchet was a movie from 2006, right? Um, okay. <laughs> it was written and directed by Adam Green, who we've mentioned several times before. He um, he obviously wrote and, wrote and direct, or he wrote and directed the first two Hatchet movies. He wrote the third one. Oh, he didn't direct the third one? No. Uh, the, I believe his... Uh, his AD on the previous one directed it, if oh. I remember right. And it is 2006. Okay. Um, but also, he, he's on the Movie Crit podcast, and he uh, is one of the stars on Holliston. Also the writer and creator of Holliston. Yes. Um, so it, it, the movie opens up on a, a, a gang of college guys. You know, they're just, they're, they're, they're in... Uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. They're just kind of hanging out, partying. <laughs> One of which is Adam Green. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they kind of break away from the the festivities on Bourbon Street um, because the the main guy, uh, Ben. Ben, thank you. <laughs> Played by Joel Moore. Right. Who is who has been in other. Um, uh, at least one other Adam Green movie. He was, he was Spiral. in Spiral. Um, you may recognize him from uh, Dodgeball. Yes, or, or Grandma's Boy, uh, and I think he is a, a recurring character on on Bones. Um, and we were saying earlier, he would make an amazing uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, like I said, like Matthew Lillard, he had that voice. He had the Shaggy voice just down pat. But I think if Joel Moore just Joel looks Moore, like him, yeah, if Joel Moore could have done that voice, it would have been perfect. Um. Anyway, so uh, this gang of guys, led by well, not necessarily led by Ben, but he has suffered a recent breakup, and he's acting like a total pussy about it. <laughs> um, which is such an Adam Green cliche. Oh, totally. Um, they he and his friend Marcus, who is played by uh, Dion Richmond, um, 
aka the token black guy from not another teen movie. Consequently, also the token black guy in Hatchet. <laughs> they break away from their group of buddies and they are seeking out a, a haunted swamp tour. Um, and they happen upon one place where they're supposed to have done them, which is run by Tony Todd. <laughs> As Reverend Zombie. Right. He's just, he's, he's in the movie for a total of like two minutes. Yeah. Um, and... And also another familiar face in the opening scene that we skipped over is uh, Robert England plays a gator hunter. Right. Yeah. Um, so they find a haunted swamp tour um, and they meet up with just this kind of motley crew of, of people. There's an older couple from God knows where and um, for some reason they're in Louisiana for Barney <laughs> Crawford. Um, yeah, there's, um, some kind of girls gone wild type Bayou beavers, Bayou beavers. Yeah. There's ones led by this, just a scummy director guy and two girls basically just flashing their tits over and over. Yeah. And the director guy is Joel Murray. Right. Uh, Who is Brian Doyle Murray's brother. And I think they have another brother too. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, William something. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, Hey, they uh, they're on this haunted tour, and they are regaled with the tale of Victor Crowley, who was cap or caught in a burning building, and while trying to rescue him, his father chopped him in the head with a hatchet, and he died and burned to death in the home. Um, and he is played by Kane Hodder, who you guys would all know better as Jason. Um, I mean, he, he is, he is Jason. Yeah. He's the person that most people would affiliate with Jason. Yeah. Um, he's the only one to play Jason more than once, right? Yes. I thought so. Yeah. Unless Ari Lerman did, but I don't think so. Okay. Um, God, I keep losing my place. You're drunk. I know. Um, so he, they, they, they wreck the boat and they have to go out into the swamp and, um, I just want to point out real quick. I like how the side of the boat, it just has like pieces of wood glued or whatever to it. And it says scare boat in spray paint. And it just reminds me of the danger cart on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was all. I just wanted to point that out. Um, As you were. So, I, I mean, I don't want to end up explaining the whole story. But basically, they they start being... They come across the house of Crowley. Yeah, and they, they're being stalked by Victor Crowley, who is not dead. Or undead. <laughs> or something of the net, of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, this... it's. It's from 2006, but it's definitely a callback to the old school 80s slashers. For sure, and that's that's why I'm a huge fan of it. And the, the tagline is even something along the lines of, uh, it's not a sequel, it's not a remake, it's not based on a Japanese one, it's old school American horror. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is that that is actually an email that Adam Green got from a studio. He was trying to pitch this movie, he talked about this on the Movie Crypt podcast. 
he was trying to pitch this movie and the, the studio told him we can't make this movie because it's not a sequel it's not a remake and it's not based on the Japanese yep that just shows how pathetic Hollywood is yeah um <clears throat> so yeah like we mentioned it, it opens up with Robert England which kind of covers like the main I don't know except for Brad Dorif who's not in it I think they kind of covered like the monsters well I guess Doug Bradley's not in there but I mean you've got Robert England Tony Todd who's Candyman mm-hmm. and obviously Kane Hodder um, so you, you you've got these just horror icons in the movie which is just awesome yeah um, and speaks very highly to Adam Green's uh, own love of horror and the the, the 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 classics, I guess. Yeah, like um, you know, Green has said this himself, but the opposite of the movie we just talked about, Lucky Bastard, this is a horror movie for horror fans by a horror fan. Yeah, like this feels like a movie that was made by someone who just has a love for the genre, and they poured all that love into this movie for sure. Um, and it's, um, it, it tells, uh, almost, it's, it's classic, but also creative and new. Yeah. It, it, it's classic in that it, it presents like this just really familiar, almost, dare I say, comfortable kind of slasher theme. Like, you, you could easily put a hockey mask on Victor Crowley and call this Friday the 13th. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it, it was very familiar in that in that context, but it was also a very original story, something that hadn't necessarily, especially as the film develops over its sequels, which we won't necessarily get into, but um, it's... Uh, kind of develops in this brand new story that's it's it's not necessarily familiar it's it's um very original and creative um so um like i said before that that speaks very highly to adam green's credit i guess yeah um i agree and there's there's uh there's some original kills in this one. Yeah. The the, the tools of Victor Crowley's trade is uh they're very interesting. Not not things you've necessarily seen before, which I have to imagine that's what that's what Adam Green is going for. Sure. Um but God would used. I like, well, before we get to the tools, I want us to talk about the head rip because that scene is great. That is just awesome. It's the second kill of the movie and the way that it's shot is fantastic. Because you're looking at, I think it's like from a, um, pyramid from the side profile profile pyramid. I don't know. I was just saying things. <laughs> and, uh, like you see Victor Crowley and then he's like holding his victim and the camera pans around. And by the time it gets to the other side, they, they must've, you know, switched it out for a, a dummy. Yeah. They did kind of a, almost like a matrix 360 thing. Yeah. But it was great because it never really cut away. Mm-hmm. It just moved. And then he just like sticks his hand under her top jaw and just rips her head right now. Yeah. It, and then the tongue is just like... Ah, yeah. ah. <laughs> um, 
God, what else did he use? I mean, he he uh, a belt sander, a yeah, gas powered, a gas powered belt sander, which I've never seen before. But I don't think they just made it for the movie, so it must exist somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's an awesome scene. Yeah. Um, but obviously, and of course, a, a, the titular hatchet. Yeah, I was just gonna say. That. Do you think it would have been better if it would have been a long-handed hatchet? Or uh, long-handled? I mean, I don't know. Because I mean, it's it, I like how he gets in close and just starts wailing away on people. Yeah, I just felt like at times it looked a little goofy, like when he was like running at people, just going, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> just running like a crazy farmer with a rake or something. <laughs> I did throw it at people a couple times, too. That's true. Um, I don't know. I think the the only person that actually used an axe more than once was probably Jason. Yeah. Um, so maybe you want to avoid those similarities. And, you know, the, the average... movie's called Hatchet. Well, th- that's the thing, though, is people don't know... No, 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 don't necessarily know what the difference between a hatchet and an axe is. Yeah, most people think a hatchet is just a small axe. Yeah, essentially, but that's not true. I mean, because like a long-handled, double-edged axe is a hatchet. Right. A lot, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people don't know that difference. Um, so I just thought it, I, I always kind of like the 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 look of somebody whole, double-handing. A tool, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I think do. it looks more intimidating. That's yes, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, you like seeing somebody double fist a tool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> walked into that one backwards. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's this character Mary Beth, which spoiler alert, she's in the sequels, so obviously she lives. But right. uh, in the sequels, she's played by Daniel Harris, who is a horror legend in her own right. Mm-hmm. Um, and But in this one, she she's not. And so it, it's weird to go back and watch this after seeing the sequels and see a, a different actress playing Mary Beth. Yeah. I, just, I, I can remember starting this up because I hadn't seen... Excuse me. Um, I haven't seen the first Hatchet in several years. Um, I'd seen the sequels more recently. Right. Um so I yeah I had completely forgotten that Daniel Harris didn't play Mary Beth. Yeah. Um, so then it's weird to think that you're thinking it's weird because this girl came first. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just I like even even watching the movie and seeing this girl and it's like okay well this this looks like the Mary Beth character but that's not Daniel Harris so maybe Mary Beth's not in this one. <laughs> so um, I wonder if they wanted. Daniel Harris in this one and just couldn't get her for whatever reason. That could be. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a, a, a specific reason why, but um, see, so some other people, some kind of familiar faces are in this, or um, uh, Richard Reilly, who uh, he played. Stan Smikowski in Office right. Space. He's, he's, a, he's also the grandfather on Grounded for Life. All right. Just a classic actor. I love that guy. He's great. Um, <clears throat> man, 
I know when. Excuse me. I'm chewing a Tums. Tum, 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 tum. I got the acid problems. Tony's dropping acid. No. Dropping my acid levels. Huh? 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 Yeah. Anyway. Um, when there's a point where they're on their, their boat tour and they get caught up on a rock. So they're trying to use a tree to climb to shore. And he's the first one to go. He climbs up on it. Not only does he slip and just rack his nuts on the branch, then an alligator comes up and just jumps on his leg. So that's a twofer right there. And I got to say, his acting when he was getting bitten by the alligator was a little less than convincing. Yeah. I feel like I'd be screaming maybe a little bit more. Right. <laughs> and then uh, the the boat captain... Um, was a guy named uh, Sean, Sean, who is an actor named Perry Shen, who uh, he was in The New Guy, and he was on an episode of Holliston. Yeah, um, and he was actually, oh god, go, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say he's he was actually in the the next. He's in the Hatchet sequels. Yeah, but he's playing a different character. Yeah, each time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what's funny is he he originally has this. Cajun accent because mm-hmm. the whole movie takes place in Louisiana, and uh, which is funny to see like a, an Asian, Asian Cajun, yeah, <laughs> Asian Cajun, Asian Asian Cajun. <laughs> um, but then he he gets found out and he has this Korean accent, mm-hmm. but his Korean accent is less convincing than his Cajun accent, yeah. and it turns out neither one is his real accent. Yeah, he's actually from Detroit. Yeah, well, it's funny because he like when he breaks his Cajun accent. And breaks into the, into the Korean. Uh, he says, he's, I'm from Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, we were expecting you to say you're from Korea. Korea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you got uh, Mercedes McNabb, who might recognize her from, uh, she was in the Buffy and Angel both, um, playing, um, oh, Christ, what was her name? I don't know. Uh, I just I just lost your Wi-Fi. Harmony, that's what it was. <clears throat> um, she played one of the the Bayou Beaver girls. Yeah. Uh, and it's just me, or she just has some really ugly tits. They're they're a little wonky, yeah. I mean, they're obviously fake, and they're not very good fake ones. Yeah. I think they might be the worst implants I've ever seen. And they're not even that big for being fake. No, obviously she was very flat chested. Um. But, yeah, they, they were kind of like almost in her armpits. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were mad at each other. Yeah. I imagine they probably would have looked good in like a push-up bra or something. But Yeah. Um, anyway. It's no good. Uh, yeah, and she was a total dunderhead. Yeah. Like, dumber than maybe she needed to be. Yeah, the, that character was a little stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Like asking what the number for nine one one is, or right. no, asking asking if it was the right number, or if, if she like the other because girl the area was, code might be different. Yeah, um, not thinking like there's a difference between the cops and the police. Yeah, saying she'd never heard of NYU. Right. Um, which is funny because the other girl, uh, Jenna, um. She confesses at one point. She, she says that she went to NYU. 
and she was a trained actress at NYU. And then she breaks down and she says that she didn't actually go to NYU. She had to go to her second choice, which was Hofstra, which was actually Adam Green's college. Oh. So he actually makes <laughs> he makes kind of a slam on his own college a little bit. Nice. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. I also thought it was funny at one point uh, they're in a graveyard and one of the mausoleums says green. Yeah. He he really likes to plug his own uh, re- recurring things in into his movies. He's so meta. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. That is the worst fucking phrase ever. Especially from idiots that don't know what it means. Fucking hipster dickheads. Anyway. Um, got me all worked up. I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, hipster dickheads. Before that, uh, oh, just saying how like um, he he really man, and maybe it's just from a point of view of you know people like us that listen to like the movie Crypt and hear him talk about himself a lot, and we watch Holliston and things of that nature. You just recognize all these things that are personal to to Adam Green, like you know, saying have well, obviously something on the on the the Crypt, but. Um, you know, the jokes like the Hofstra joke or um, uh, a, a term that he and Joe Lynch both use constantly is a bag of dicks. Yeah. And at one point, they're on the boat and uh, Marcus tells Ben that the, the boat ride is about as fun as a bag of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just things like that. I mean, it's things that you hear them use regularly, like I know in... Uh, Holliston, they always said that odorous smelled like a bag, big bag of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so uh, th- I think probably, obviously, the most noticeable thing about this movie and the thing I love the most is just the unapologetic gore. Oh, yeah. It's it's abundant. And there's, <laughs> there's the blood on the tree, Yeah, which is... Uh... That's actually something that they talked about again on the movie Crypt, where it was something that they only planned on using once, mm-hmm. but they just liked the way it looked, so they used it like six times. Yeah. Like three or four of them in, in rapid succession. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it literally looks, and it, 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 probably what they did is they just took a, like, lucky they just took a five-gallon bucket of blood and just yeah. threw it against a tree. Um, But yeah, it looked great, and like, obviously there's, not there's a total of like what like 12 pints of blood in a human body something like that okay so for them for them to be able to spill that much blood in just one single swipe is impossible not very likely (laughs) yeah yeah. you'd have to basically juice a human body and then do exactly what they did just throw a bucket (laughs) (laughs) um anyway it's completely unrealistic but it's just so awesome i mean and that's that's again that uh, just the total throwback. Yeah, like totally. if you look at like the old Nightmare on Elm Street when mm-hmm. Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and then just gallons upon gallons of blood come flowing mm-hmm. out. I mean that's a that's a gore lover's dream right there. It's just endless amounts of blood. Yeah. Um, and then I mean the kill scenes like you mentioned before. I mean you got the belt sander where his character gets their face sanded off. Yeah. <laughs> One character like, gets his arms ripped off. Yeah. Um. Uh, another one gets uh, 
basically hacked in half. Yeah, by the hatchet, and it's not like it's not like one clean. It's like whack, 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 yeah. over and over again. Um, I mean, we won't we'll tell you the characters. And we won't spoil all the kills for you, but just know that this movie has like plenty. Like, I, I don't think you you would leave this movie feeling like you were robbed of any gore or yeah. like any missed opportunities or anything like that. Definitely not. So, and the end. Like, I'm not going to spoil the end, but it, it clearly sets up a sequel. Oh, for sure. Yeah, without um, a doubt. And it, it, it's kind of a weird ending. Yeah, it really feels like the movie just stops. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it feels like you've probably got another, at the very least, another minute worth of movie left. But no, it just it cuts clean. Yeah. But And if I remember correctly, the second one starts at that exact moment, doesn't it? Does it? I... Don't I don't recall. I would have to see it again, but I think it does. Which is that's what the Halloween movies did, right? Except for the third one, right? Third one was doo. Well, the third one is not in the canon. It's not. If you watch it without thinking of it as a Halloween movie, if you don't don't think where is Michael Myers, then it's better. Well, it's. I mean, it's still different. I understand. Weird. I understand that, and I mean, I'm not a huge Halloween fan as it is. I'm not a big Michael Myers fan. I never have been. Um, Friendship over. <laughs> I don't hate it. Hate the movies. Well, I hate some of them, especially the ones with Buster, Buster Rhymes <laughs> <laughs> and LL Cool J. Once they started getting into the, the like cult mythology, that's it. It kind of lost me there. I was I really only like one and two. Yeah. Um, Four is decent, but it, it starts the downward slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, number th- number three, I just it, it never really did anything for me. I just I didn't like the story. It's I didn't feel like it really went anywhere. Just... Have you listened to the movie crypt um, commentary on it yet? No, I haven't. Hi, you don't get that joke. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I showed you. <laughs> Fuck me. Um. So I give Halloween three. Oh wait. That's not. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is just a real fun movie. Um, I, I, I'm watching. I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, man, I really wish we could have done this for for a drunken cinema. Still could. Can we? I mean, do we do we really want to go down that path where we're basically watching the movie, presenting the same movie twice? I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we do another drunken cinema? And if so. What movie should we do? Let us know. Email graveplotpodcast at gmail.com. But I mean, know this. We're going to do another Drunken Cinema, whether you want us to or not. <laughs> we don't know when. We'll just, spring it on you. Maybe we just won't record it. What do you think of that? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. It'll be just, just for the two of us. We'll listen to it together in the dark. Naked. What? Huh? <laughs> uh, well, shit. Uh, anything else to say? Uh, why did Victor puke in Ben's mouth? That was so fucking awful. <laughs> was it puke or was it just like drool? I don't know what it was. It was white and it was viscous and it... It looked like cum? It did look a little bit like cum, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking gross. It was vile and I don't know what the point of it was. And it like, it went in his mouth. It didn't like go on like his cheek and like run into his mouth. It was just directly no, it into was, it. he was screaming and it was just bleh. Yeah. 
And then he. But what was the point of that? Just to be gross, it I guess. It doesn't go anywhere from there. I, th- I think, like I said, just that's just Adam Green being gross, I think. I think that's just what he's going for. Yeah, could be. But he went on later to throw up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ugh. It, this is definitely not a movie for people with a weak stomach. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, this this is a movie for fans of old school American horror. Yeah. It, it, it almost borders on a satire, I think. Almost, yeah. Just because it's so over the top. Yeah. And he, Adam Green, he's talked about this before. They were fighting an NC-17 rating on this. Yeah. Uh, for, for a long time. And eventually came to a point where no, uh, on, um, sorry, that's Hatchet 2 that happened. Um, oh, okay. But I think it eventually came to a point where he just said, fuck it, and released it on his own without a rating. Good. It's, all movies should be released that way. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think he just says that, like, as much as he wants to, you, you can't really fight the MPAA because they, they control Hollywood. Yeah, that's true. But I, I just, I think a lot of horror movies should just go with the NC-17 rating. Just, I mean, the only difference between R and NC-17 is that in our movie, kids can go in if they're with a parent. Mm-hmm. NC-17 is <clears throat> 17 or over only. Right. So, I mean, it's not really that big of a difference because mm-hmm. most parents aren't going to take their kids to an R-rated movie, especially mm-hmm. one Mind like you. this. <laughs> well, just... Okay. That's why I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if if they want their kids to see it, they can wait till the DVD comes out and then sure. watch it at home. Um, I just think a lot of times movie makers make sacrifices when they shouldn't. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, a lot of times it's not even the, 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 the filmmakers that do that. A lot of times it's the studio. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, the studio heads, all they see is dollar signs. They don't give, they don't, sometimes they don't even give a shit what the movie's about. That's true. It's like, it's just how much money can this make? Yep. Who you have cast? Uh, what, you know, what, what's the award potential? To you know, on, on certain films, <clears throat> um, so. But yeah, this one is is if you're a fan of the Friday Thirteenth series or the Nightmare on Elm Street series, the Halloween series, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, any of the old school '80s and late '70s slashers, you will love this movie for sure. It is definitely right in that same wheelhouse, and. uh it's, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's not even really more modern. I was going to say it's a more modern take, but it's really not. Not really, I mean. This like, movie could have taken place in almost any time frame. Like, there is a cell phone in it, but yeah. other than that, it's it could have taken place at any time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean just down to the fact that um, it was shot on film rather than digital. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Um, and I, I think, I think. Adam's actually discussed that before. On <laughs> keep going back to the movie crypt, but they're going to need to start paying us for advertising. <laughs> um, he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's actually discussed that before on the show. Just the, the fact that he shot it on film rather than digital, and so it kind of gives it that just that, that almost like war, the warmness or the the warmth um, of film, and also kind of that graininess mm-hmm. to kind of give it more of a old school edge 
a bit. Um, so yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, great movie. Um, and I think very highly of this from the story to the, 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 the cast right, right down to the, I mean, obviously my favorite part, the makeup. Um, and, uh, I honestly, I think I'll probably feel very comfortable giving this movie a nine. Wow. I Uh, think that's to date my highest rating. I I was just going to say that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, Well, <laughs> now I'm a bit taken aback. I don't know what to do now. Uh, Just do it feels natural. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go eight. 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 Yeah. Right. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, like I said. I I love that you can feel the love in it. Yeah. You can you can feel that this was a movie that Adam Green wanted to make. This wasn't a paycheck. This wasn't. You know, this is something that he wanted to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a passion project. I yeah, mean, he, absolutely. He's, he's mentioned that countless times. That he, he fought to get this movie made. Yeah. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, eight. What was it? Eight. <laughs> In my animal... Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Yes. Uh, I hope you guys had a lot of fun. I did. Um, This is kind of a shorter episode. Well, actually, we always plug our interviews and and our promos in in post-production, but right now we're coming in at about 147. So So we'll be right around too, probably. Yeah. One of our eh, shorter episodes as of late, but... Still some good length to it. That's what she, she said. said. <laughs> um, so, Taylor, want to run down our, uh, our our info? You can find us online at graveplotpodcast.com. Feel free to leave us a comment. Uh, feel free to send us an email at graveplotpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 858-848-PLOT, which is 7568. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Grave underscore Plot or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Go to fearthecrypt.com, download the Crypt app if you have an iPhone, and go to yaletsgothere.com to listen to the Yeah Let's Go There podcast. Yeah, and um also just want to thank um, the Yelpcast or the Yelp. A lot of people like that podcast. and Which is now known as Spanning the Verse. Is it? Okay. Yeah, they changed their name. I was not aware they changed their name. Um and also uh, Return of the Living podcast. Those guys are really great. They've done us done us a couple of favors too. So, um, yeah, just go check them out. I think it's just Return of the Living Podcast.com. I think they actually have their domain now. Yeah. So, go check all them out. Tell them tell them we sent you. And uh, oh, check out us. Check us out on MoviePilot.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. I, I believe it's just Grave Plot. Is it just Grave Plot? I think so. It might be the Grave Plot. I think it's just Grave Plot though. 
I don't know. I think you can just go if to... If you go to moviepilot.com and there's a search function, just search for Great Plot Podcast, you'll find us. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think that's everything. We need to come up with a good closing... Sign-off. Yeah. Sign-off, yeah. So if you have any ideas, let us know. Oh, also, I forgot to mention, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever podcast program you use all the links of which are on our website graveplotpodcast.com and leave us a rating uh five stars would be best but you know whatever you feel give us five stars though give us five stars and we won't give you anything because we're poor (laughs) uh next episode we're going to be reviewing the movies patrick and Jin, and we're gonna have a special guest kevin niscota yes who is the uh uh, managing editor for sonicsrising.com. Right. Until then, uh, stay solid, brothers. No, that's not, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> no? No, that's no good. Um, live long, prosper? I, I think that's trademarked. Oh, fuck. I don't know. We'll think of something. Yeah. Till then. If, if you got any ideas, let us know. Yeah. All right, um, so catch you in a couple weeks, guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. Huh? No, that's, that's Jerry Springer. Fuck! <laughs>